This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Uh, acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find more, but that is bwhustle.com slash join chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome to a tuesday night edition of the chase thomas podcast i am still the aforementioned chase thomas and i am joined by first timer brett finger of Kane's country brett i met someone this evening who was wearing an nc state mask and you being Uh-oh. a student at NC State, and I'm over here in Knoxville, Tennessee, Tennessee Vol Country. Okay. Um, it, it was fate, Brett. It it really was, you know. the The stars aligned here. I mean, it's really it's perfect. You can't write it up better than this. No, there. People say that Miracle on Ice is a better better <laughs> story than uh, the story I just laid out, but I would I would disagree. I would also like to point out that um, NC State fans are some of my favorite, just because. They there's no expectations and they're just so nice and I uh, <laughs> I they they're just taken aback when you know about their school I I don't know if you felt <laughs> this when you traveled like if you just meet somebody that like oh I know NC State like yeah Dave Doran well I I was like yeah mm-hmm. what do you what do you make of Dave Doran I think he's had an up and down but I think he's on the right track and they're like excuse me what and I was like Dave Doran your coach and they're like oh my god I, I no one's ever asked us about Dave Doran. Like it's never, <laughs> it's never happened in our life. And I'm like, yeah, um, I feel kind of bad for you guys. Cause you're on the up and up and then mm-hmm. Mac Brown comes in and just ruins all the fun. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, he really totally did. uncalled for by him just coming in. <laughs> I mean, it's rude. not like, 
it's not like we're already competing with UNC and, and, and Duke all the time for everything. And then, of course, Mac is back. And we can't, we can't even have like two seconds. No, no, you can't have nice, nice things. But um, by all accounts, no. it seems like Raleigh's a really nice place. Somewhere I want to go eventually. I would like to check out. I'm not that far from North Carolina being here in Knoxville, mm-hmm. East Tennessee. It, it blows my mind how close I really am to North Carolina and Virginia. Like, it's just, I don't understand geography, uh, Brett. That's why I host a sports podcast is um, <laughs> geography is not necessarily my bread and butter. Um, what have uh, what have you been reading this week? Is there a lot of good stuff that you've been checking out uh, while keeping up with everything in hockey, Brett? Reading? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> you are a college student, <laughs> sir. You that's need a loaded to be question. hitting a, the books, not loaded. only for your classes, which I hope mm-hmm, you're doing of well. Of course. Brett, but also... Plenty of- Plenty of reading, yeah. Uh, the the things that I find myself reading for fun are uh, hockey analytics pieces. Mm-hmm. So probably not uh, what you'd uh, consider like fun time. That's uh, fun. I love reading. Roman Dial, friend of the pod of the Athletic, great hockey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, he's analytic. great. Yeah. So no, I I very much enjoy it too. Um, no, I mean that's just that's like part of um sports writing now. Um, and this is something I think mm-hmm. about a lot with my own writing is just how more complicated being a sports writer is now versus even just like 10 years ago. Um, and there's so much nerves involved in writing now where it's just like understanding the numbers. It's not just like getting the numbers, it's understanding what they mean and applying them in the right context and hockey, yeah. um, I think is more, I, I think baseball, you can kind of decipher and you can figure it out like spin rate and stuff like that can get a little uh, wonky every now and then and like m- mapping sure. out like what somebody's going to look like three years out and just what prospects mm-hmm. are going to touch like that that can be complicated but at the same time hockey for me when i just navigate i would be far more nervous writing about um hockey <laughs> analytics than i would in any other sport Is that yeah fair? it's yeah no i i think it's fair there's there's so much going on uh and there's, it feels like the NHL is still very far behind some other leagues with regards to analytics versus eye tests versus uh, combining them and and taking them both into into account. So it's it's definitely a little overwhelming, and it takes, uh, you know, you got you got to make sure that you know what you're talking about because if if you don't, you are going to get uh, it's going to get pointed out pretty quickly. So it, it's 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 a uh, it's stressful at times, but uh, yeah, I'm glad the NHL is uh, coming along in that regard. But there's 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 a lot going on. Well, we should mention you're a writer at Canes Country, a very good Carolina Hurricanes blog um, that everyone should check out if they are not already. Um, and you're writing, like, is that something that you prioritize? Was something like when I write about hockey and I write about the Canes, I want to make sure that I'm astute and hockey analytics and what uh what the fans want because do you notice in the comment section that people prefer the analytics pieces or do they care more about quotes they care more about gifts and video uh film reviews what do they, what do they care about the most man i i think they just appreciate well thought out well-intentioned uh well-researched pieces uh what i I it feels like recently most of what I write is very analytics driven. So that's and I've gotten good responses to that recently and over the years. So it's you know, I, I think that people appreciate just having you having done your research, having 
you know, watch the games being, uh, being on top of everything. And, uh, you know, it, as long as you're, you know, up to date and you're, you're really putting in the effort, I think people realize that. So, uh, yeah, uh, recently the, the longer form analytics driven pieces have, have been something that I've really enjoyed writing and I think they've been good reads as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you've also, you're writing about a team that's just the Atlanta Thrashers North. Um, so that's always fun. Um, shout out yeah. to the former front office guys of Atlanta Thrashers lore. Former, um, uh, former Thrashers general manager, Don Waddell is the exactly. general manager of the Hurricanes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Connection. I want to bounce around the league with you for a little bit. Um, right. Cause right. I have some questions and you might have the answers to some of these. You might not, but we're going to, we're going to find <laughs> out here, Brett. Um, how are the Red Wings this historically bad in your estimation like i saw the power play stat that went around hockey twitter yesterday of just how like you have to almost try right to be that bad on the Mm -hmm. power play like what um like how is it possible this team is this bad Oof, they are they are just really bad for starters uh they obviously they're they're in the middle of of a rebuild and you know, it hasn't always gone super smoothly for them. And, uh, you know, I thought they, they made a, a good move or two over the off season. I, they brought in Bobby Ryan, who's, who's been pretty good for them. He's been scoring goals on a really cheap contract, but you know, they brought in Mark Stahl, who is probably, uh, well beyond his quote unquote prime. And, you know, he, he was kind of just brought in there for, I guess, veteran leadership, quote unquote. And, you know, it, they're just they're they're pretty boring team. They're they low event hockey. They're they're not exciting offensively. To their credit, they they don't give up a whole lot. But another part of it is that their goaltending has been horrible, just so so bad. Jonathan Bernier has been pretty below average, but Tomas Grice, who, their other goalie, is uh, so far the the worst goalie in hockey. So they're they're definitely not getting any help from their goalie tandem. They're just they're kind of a kind of a combination of some young pieces that they hope will turn out to be good and a group of veteran guys who are beyond their their peak and they're just kind of this stereotypical rebuilding team, but when when you're a team like that and then in addition to that, you're you're getting horrible, horrible goaltending and nothing seems to go your way. You have a historically bad power play. Like you said, you, you almost have to try to be that bad. It's it's really it's amazing. Uh, it's it's impressive. I give them credit for it. But it's 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 you know, they're just a bad team and they're a bad team that isn't getting lucky in any way. And the goaltending is atrocious. Yeah, I don't see any way out of it, but I can't wait to see their in-season point differential. I think that's going to be fun to, to see. Oh, I think it'll like be great. Right <laughs> um, the Stars, they got off to a late start. They are gonna they were always going to have a weird year. They have the uniforms that, uh, let me check my notes here, nobody likes. Um, nobody yeah. a big fan of the neon. Um, they're struggling right now. We know what they were last year. Are the, Do the Stars just not have it this year? Is this just going to be a wash? 
Yeah, it's actually funny. Uh, when the Hurricanes first played Dallas this year, they were 5-0. and And they, when they when their season series started, it was like, okay, you know, this is this is going to be a test for Carolina. Uh, this seems to be a very good hockey team in Dallas. They're they're coming off of a, a really uh, improbable run to the Cup final last year, and you know, Carolina dealt with them fairly uh, convincingly, and you know, from there, I, I don't think they've won a single game since they started five and zero. I think they're five four and four. And it's tough because they're missing a really good high-end player in Tyler Sagan, who I think is going to miss the entire year. And, you know, he he struggled in the playoffs, but he's a guy that they rely upon heavily for, for offense, and he's not there. And Ben Bishop isn't there, so it's been Anton Hudobin and Jake Odinger, who, who have been in the net, and they've both been mediocre to – a little bit below average uh, with how they've how they've fared. So whatever it is, it, it just be injuries or or whatever. It they just they don't seem to have the magic, I guess, that they had last year and into the postseason. It just feels like they've they've really fallen off uh, in in that regard, and they're kind of feels like they're kind of flailing right now trying to find their identity trying to kind of get back on get back on the horse uh so to speak and it just it i think like you said they just don't have it what what they had last year it's kind of gone away yeah it just seems like this is just gonna be one of those years it's just a wash and we'll have to circle back next year but i'm not all that concerned about them long term i'm not there no I, i think it's just some bad stuff has happened to them this year but um Someone who I actually don't think will be around long-term and that they're actually in real trouble. The team that I watch, after the Thrashers left, I I, I migrated over to Anaheim. Just being a, a Mighty Ducks lifer, um, Brett. I had uh-huh. to have somebody. Of course. To, and I'm not going to Winnipeg. I was never doing that. So when the Thrashers and the Believe in Blue Land stuff left, I had to make a decision. And the Anaheim Ducks were the natural choice there. I have family in SoCal. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. Late yeah, starts, I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone uh, decides to go to Winnipeg in any capacity. Yeah, so I no. don't think you're alone on that. No. Um, shout out to Winnipeg, though. Home of Chris Jericho. I'm sure it's great and lovely. <laughs> um, I actually dated someone years ago from Winnipeg. And just the, really? the, uh, her explanation of the winners in Winnipeg um, just baffled me. And uh, yeah. I, the, just why would you do that to yourself? Um, Dallas Eakins <laughs> and the Anaheim Ducks suck. Um this is a problem. Um, he was a natural fit um, on the bench when he was hired. It made sense. Calling him up, he was like a rising star. And uh, the Ducks are still bad and going in the wrong direction. Obviously, they still have good goalie play. But outside of that, just the same problems. We, anemic offensive play. Um, the young players are not developing the way they should. Um, should Eakins and uh, this front office be worried that uh, the Ducks will clean house after this year? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. 
it's hard to think that that they aren't thinking about that because like you said they they they're just they they don't score it, it feels like so much is just on the shoulders of John Gibson right now and it, you know he's 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 been busy and he's carried this team as much as he probably can at this point and and this isn't a new thing for him that just this year I mean it's been like that uh like you said so yeah it's hard for me to imagine that Dallas Eakins is there uh beyond this year or maybe even sooner I think the odds on most likely head coach to get fired first uh, I think Dallas Eakins was number one or two on that list uh it makes sense to me that that he would be shown the door at some point but yeah it just seeing how Anaheim has fallen off over the past couple of years has been really not necessarily surprising, but you know, the, seeing the way that the league has shifted, and it felt like Anaheim was one of those teams that kind of beefed up and during that era where the Kings were dominant and the the Blackhawks were dominant. It felt like a lot of those Western Conference teams kind of beefed up and tried to play that sh- tough Chicago game, and then right when Chicago fell off the league kind of shifted to youth and speed. And it it felt like a lot of those teams out West were kind of left behind there. So yeah, uh, Dallas Eakins, he he's been around for a bit. uh, And, but at this point, uh, I'm not sure there's anything he can do to salvage it. uh, And it feels like the end is probably pretty close. Absolutely. Um, Are you at all worried about the Philadelphia Flyers? No, I'm I'm not. The quite honestly, the the Eastern Division isn't overly threatening in my eyes. Uh, oh, this is an interesting because I just don't feel like there's just, a bad team yeah. in the East right now. It's a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. I so I have I probably have an interesting opinion watching Carolina for years in that division, and and maybe it's now that Carolina is out of that division this year, but. They they just don't look as threatening. Like teams like Pittsburgh and Washington don't have the same kind of vibe about them that they that they've had in recent years. Maybe that has to do with you know regression and, and kind of falling off. Washington and Pittsburgh's core getting older. Um, they're still good teams, and obviously when you add Boston to that division, I mean that's that's a that's a problem for for that for whoever plays in that division. Because I think Boston is one of the best teams in the league, probably a top three or five team in the league right now, and they they handled Philadelphia pretty easily in the outdoor game. But you know, I, I think I think Philadelphia is still good enough to finish anywhere from two to four in that division. Uh, just outside of Boston, I don't think there's any team there that's overly threatening. Uh, with regards to running away with a spot. Uh, so I, I think it's definitely a deep division with the Islanders and the Rangers are, are improving. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a tough division from that standpoint for sure. But I don't think outside of Boston, the the upper upper tier of the division is as high as it's been in recent years. So I, I'm not super worried about Philly. They just had atrocious defensive play uncharacteristically bad uh defensive play so far this year I, I i'm but on the whole i'm not very worried about them i think that they can bounce back the kings 
have won five straight. I don't understand this development. The Kings should be bad. The Kings should be bad for the foreseeable future, along with the Blackhawks, uh, much to the dismay of Gary Bettman, Chicago and Los Angeles falling off a cliff. But um, what what do you make of the Kings win streak? And do you, do you think this is sustainable? Sustainable, maybe not, but I think it's interesting to see how, you know, the Kings have gone through over the past couple of years, this kind of a semi rebuild and they've kept around their, their big guys. They've, they've kept Dustin Brown around, uh, Anze Kopitar, Drew Doughty, uh, Jonathan Quick is still there, even though that's probably not by choice by the, by the Kings. But, you know, it seems like some of those guys have really kind of bought in or bought back into, to what they're doing. Um, you know, you see a guy like Dustin Brown, who's off to an outstanding start to the season. It feels like he has some new life. Uh, Drew Doughty has been playing better this year than he has over the past couple of seasons where it felt like he was kind of on the, on the back end of, of his career, but he's having a resurgence. The, the veteran guys there are all of a sudden starting to, to play well. And, Five straight. <laughs> uh, I, 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 we'll see how long that win streak lasts. But you know, looking at that division, I don't think it's far fetched to think that a team like LA could grab the final playoff spot out there. You know, they're they're not competing with Colorado or Vegas or St. Louis, but that last spot seems to be pretty up for grabs. Um, <laughs> I joked uh, before the season on uh, the Canes Country podcast that, that we do, that you could put the remaining teams in that division in a hat and randomly pick out the fourth team. And then whatever team you pull out, that that's a possible team that could finish fourth in the division. Um, now we're seeing the Anaheim's probably not one of those teams, but... Uh, <laughs> no, they're not. I can confirm. I, I promise you. They, the Anaheim's a wide not one of those teams. It's a wide open division. I think I picked Minnesota out of the hat. So that was my official pick for fourth. But LA can absolutely make a run for, for fourth in the division. Last one around the league. We'll get to the Canes. Um, the Oilers. Um, Connor McDavid never being in a good situation, it seems like, in his professional career to this point. Um, the Oilers are good. Um, their uniforms, not so much, but the Oilers are having a good year. Um, what do you like about the Oilers, and do you think uh, Connor McDavid can finally have a deep playoff run this year? Well, I certainly, I certainly like Connor McDavid. I can say that. Um, <laughs> the butt here is they, detrimental, I think, to the to the argument. Just a little bit, but <laughs> you know, the the division, the North Division as a whole, is just. I have no idea what the hell is going to happen in the North division. I mean, it's, it just feels like every game is six to five. It, it's just wide open. Uh, no one's playing defense. And to, to the Oilers credit, when no one's playing defense, that's probably when they're at their best. Uh, Cause Lord knows that they are not going to keep the puck out of the net uh, consistently. But when they are scoring like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have early in the year, they can they can keep up in these track meet games. Uh, so, with regards to the division, Montreal's fallen off quite a bit since their hot start. Toronto is, I think, currently first in the division. Edmonton's right behind them. They're contenders for the division for sure, uh, but it comes with the caveat that 
at any moment I feel like they can fall apart and it will be a dramatic uh, embarrassment at, just at any moment. And, you know, you, you, I felt that way about that team for for a few years now. And <laughs> there's been a few times where they've just fallen apart and it's been a catastrophe. But, yeah, contenders for the cup, though, I, I don't buy that really at all. We saw we saw last year when they, they got into the playing round against Chicago, who was not very good, and Chicago beat them in the playing round. I'm not very convinced that they're that much better than they were last year. Uh, maybe that experience will help them come playoff time, assuming they, they make it in, which I think they should probably. But contenders for a cup, I, I, don't, I don't see that happening once they kind of go up against some more defensive-oriented teams that will find ways to, to shut them down more effectively. Absolutely. But we shall see. We shall see. Let's let's hope for the best for Connor McDavid because watching him play hockey in the playoffs would be good. He, he deserves uh, better. He He's the Mike Trout of the NHL. Um, yeah. Just got to get him out of there. But uh, we shall see if that's the case. Um, your team, Brett, um, give me the latest in the Carolina Canes and things we should know about them as of right now. They're a good team. They're... <laughs> <laughs> this is why uh, when I read Brett Finger knows you can only analytics. get this analysis he knows, for me. He knows how to describe right. the Carolina Hurricanes. He, this is what they come for to Kane's country is for this hard hitting analysis. Yes. You can't get this anywhere else. Uh they're good they're a good hockey team. They play hockey well. Uh but no, they it's interesting because they they got kind of carried by hot starts from from our hot offensive starts from guys like Jordan Stahl, who you don't necessarily expect offense from. He's he's an elite defender, but he went through a tear early in the year and led the team in points, and that uh, is something that if you follow the Hurricanes, you uh, would never expect in a million years, especially when they have guys like Andre Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen. Uh, they, they got hurt by the COVID outbreak that they had early in the year, they had seven guys who were on the COVID protocol list and they had to sit out for 10 to 12 days before playing again. But since they've come back, they've, they've kind of gotten back on to their identity, which is puck possession, um, controlling, uh, the quality scoring chances, uh, for a while there, their, their defense was pretty shaky in, in allowing some high danger opportunities against, but recently that's been, tightened up a great deal um and, and right now you know they're they're kind of in this three-way battle with tampa bay and florida for for top of the division and they're they're in the midst of a four game series sort of like a playoff series against tampa uh because of the schedule changes and all that they ended up having four straight against tampa they won the first game four nothing they lost four to two the second game and it's just been really, really good hockey. And I, I think it's gone a long way in proving that they can hang with with these teams that at the top of the top of the ladder like Tampa Bay. Um and you know, they've they've played a bit now without their starting goalie, Peter Morazic, who should be coming back relatively soon, but he was off to a great start before he got hurt. So they've been kind of piecing it together so far, but they've gotten the results. So there's there's reason to think that once they kind of get it together, um, 
they're they're going to be one of the tougher teams in hockey to play uh and they have been to this point and honestly Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, they're they're both point per game guys but their game I wouldn't say that they're really at the top of their game right now so when when things come together uh, I think they're going to be a really competitive team in the postseason uh but yeah they've they've done a good job kind of piecing it together and being a really good team so far last thing and we'll wrap up here brett um your favorite hockey story this week what was it Hmm. well this week actually was the one-year anniversary of the david ayers game Mm -hmm. from last year uh toronto carolina um (laughs) it was uh just a rundown the the hurricanes had uh John, or James Reimer in that James Reimer got hurt. Then Peter Morazic came in. Peter Morazic tried to go play a puck at the blue line and got barreled over by Kyle Clifford for the Maple Leafs. So he got concussed. He left the game. The Hurricanes all of a sudden had to go with the emergency backup. And that was David Ayers, who had practiced with the Marlies mm-hmm. and uh, spent time on a Zamboni. Directed in as a watch. Zamboni driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People forget. Yes. Um, and then he came in, and it was there. It, it went from being one of the most disappointing and unbelievable games in in the worst way because Carolina had played so well. They kind of went through a rough patch, but they were they were on the upswing. And in that same game, Brett Pesci, who is a staple on the Hurricanes blue line, got hurt. Uh, it, it felt like a disaster, and the Hurricanes really needed the points to keep up in in the playoff hunt. They were they were really neck and neck with Toronto at the time, and it felt like all was lost. It, it, it was felt like that kind of thing. And then David Ayers comes in, and he he allowed two quick goals, and you're like, oh no, this is this is going to go exactly the way that everybody thinks it's going to go. And from there, it I have no explanation for what happened, but. It was one of the most unbelievable games I've ever watched. And uh, just as a hockey fan, not even as someone covering a team, it, it was it was special in, in a lot of ways. And this week, uh, I think yesterday, was the one-year anniversary of that. And it has somehow been a year. Uh, it feels like 10 years, and it also feels like it was a month ago. It's really weird. Time doesn't I go really, back and I, forth on that. Like we're nearing yeah. a year since quarantine first began, and um, March felt like seventeen years. But then, yeah. right now, it just it's kind of mind blowing for me to think that it's already been a year since um, this all started. That it's it's yeah. simultaneously both crazy and also like yeah, no, it felt like forever. This has been the longest year ever. So I don't know. Nothing it's weird. Sense, I also don't know if David Ayer's story would have been as amazing if he wasn't a zamboni driver i think that adjective a lot. was a big part of it and just seeing that word thrown around of just like wait he's a what and uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know i think that helped this case i think it helped the story um are yeah, you going the to fact appear that he... are you going to appear in this documentary brett can you say uh, <laughs> have you signed an nda uh we are in negotiations currently uh i'm talking with disney uh they are not yet willing to reach my uh, money mark that I'm looking for, mm. but we are we are in the midst of some heated negotiations. Money. And you were like, I, yeah. I know you're doing all I, right. 
Disney. I know you're doing. They're okay. trying to lowball me. I, I see their Disney Plus numbers, uh, and I'm not going to go down easily here. I I respect it. I respect it. Um, all right, man. Well, this has been great. I appreciate uh, you making the time. What can uh, the good folks check out from you this week on the internet? Yeah. So canescountry.com. Uh, the Hurricanes continue. They actually go on a road trip this week, starting in Tampa. Uh, those are going to be big games. They start to Wednesday in Tampa for two games there before moving on to Florida and Chicago. Uh, so big week for the Hurricanes, and uh, we're going to be covering every step of the way. We have some pretty exciting features coming out this week, um, so that's great. And uh, we have the Canes Country Podcast, which comes out every week if you're interested in the Hurricanes or the NHL. All right, we'll do that. Keep up the great work and the hard-ending analysis. Like, let me check my notes here. The Canes are good. Um, mm-hmm. Brett, thank you so much for the time. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to do this again soon. For sure. Thank you, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.